better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your host here on this edition of the show. Kyle, welcome. What's so funny? I don't know. I don't know, Kyle. I don't know. I'm sitting here. You're, you're go- <laughs> <laughs> Today's Wednesday, April 14th. <laughs> 2021 happy thursday um, wednesday wednesday i'm sitting here you're you're doing the intro and bills is trending oh, i no. got all excited but it was politics related so oh false alarm was it trending because they're allowing i have full no capacity idea. state it's full capacity stadium as long as you're uh vaccinated oh so. for for so there is a reason why the buffalo yeah. bills yeah okay okay yeah. okay so. Looking forward to heading to Orchard Park this fall at some point. But hey, Kyle, Twitter was a Twitter. Oh my God. Yesterday over Mel Kuyper Jr.'s two round mock draft. I need something a little stiffer than our friends at Mighty Swell. <laughs> well, I think I did a great job of using the word a Twitter, which is defined as a state of agitation or nervous excitement which perfectly encapsulates how Twitter felt about Mel Kuyper Jr.'s two-round mock draft. Hashtag new vocabulary for Joe. I just This is not Joe's brand. Joe's brand is to react to the vocabulary words, Correct. not bring the new ones to the table. Joe, Correct. this is not your brand. You cannot steal this brand. I, in my past line of work, I had a wonderful office mate, and her name was Michelle, and she was a former magazine editor. And so she would teach me words all the time. And one of the word she taught me was a Twitter. And I'm like, oh, that's why they named the social media app Twitter, Twitter. And so I've waited. I've waited a long time to use that. Years. Yeah. And this is the first time I've ever heard you use it. Yeah. So was it worth it? Was the wait worth it? I think so. As we were preparing this, this podcast today and Chris was defending our topic, he was saying, you know, this is what, this is what Twitter was talking about. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, I got to find a reason to use this. Perhaps that's why I didn't know what day of the week it was, because I was so dialed in on delivering that sentence. So anyway, we're talking about Mel Kuyper Jr.'s mock draft 4.0. Mel went to the airwaves on ESPN2 and talked through uh, the first round uh, last night. So, ergo, we're going to work our way through the first round of Mel's wild and crazy mock Right? That's uh, SNL. Two wild and crazy guys, right? Yes. Yes. Jim very Carrey. good. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm in on this one. Oh, excellent. Was that Jim Carrey or am I thinking of Night at the Roxbury? I don't know now. Now you've uh, confused now we're me. Off the now, rail. Now, now, I'm, now I'm second guessing myself. Chris Catan and Will Ferrell were Night at the Roxbury, but Jim Carrey did a cameo in which he did the head bob thing. But we're moving on. Thanks, Chris, thanks for helping gonna, out, Joe. Thanks for helping out in that hand conversation. The really. over to you. Yeah, so we're we're, we're going to have this conversation because listen, I I think I don't know if the guys react the same way that I do to these mocks, but but the Mel Kiper Juniors, the Todd McShays, a lot of the people that work at the national level in this space, when they put out a mock draft, I always wonder if there are going to be any breadcrumbs as to why they made a pick, if there's any information that they've gathered. So this allows us to kind of go through this pick by pick and and dissect it and look about. And Kyle's making faces already. We will, we will. We will. <laughs> no, what? Go I'm ahead. 
idiot, and I want to clear this up before somebody gets triggered and tweets us. It was Steve Martin and Dan Aykroyd were the two wild and crazy guys on Saturday Night Live. Please continue, Chris. Go ahead. I will say that's the most wee woo worthy thing you've had in a long Great. Wow. Great. I well, saved all of us from terrible mentions today. So it was it was I Joe last worthwhile. week. It was Joe last week, and and you and you, you saved this here today. So we're going to go through this, and the, and the guys will give their thoughts. I'm going to kind of point guard it here and, and set up the picks. And and guys, the way I'm going to do this, I'm going to read eight picks at a time in the first Great. round. Great. Stop me if you want to stop and talk about something. If not, I'm just going to proceed. Okay. Well, just do all eight, and we'll we'll filter. Through. All right. Never mind. Then I'm just going to read all eight, and then you can you can just discuss however you want. The Jacksonville Great. Jaguars take Trevor Lawrence at pick number one. Zach stop. Wilson goes. Congrats on getting married, Trevor. I'm good. Correct. The Jets take Zach Wilson at number two. Stop. <laughs> Chris, congrats on getting your preferred quarterback in Mel <laughs> The San Francisco 49ers at three take Mac Jones. Stop. There's a trait. Okay. <laughs> I have nothing to say. I just wanted to throw you off your rhythm. Pick four. There has been a trade that has been made, and I have a feeling that this is going to be the first actual stop of the conversation. No, I'm going to let you get to eight. Okay, Miami and Atlanta make a trade. Miami's now making this pick. They take Kyle Pitts at four. Cincinnati takes Penny Sewell at five. Atlanta, who's now at six, take Trey Lance. The Lions at pick seven take Jamar Chase. And then at pick eight, the Panthers take Devonta Smith. So obviously, uh, I think most of the top eight stays relatively chalk. I think Devonta Smith at eight is a surprise. Yes. Uh, I think uh, Jamar Chase at seven doesn't really surprise me. Mac Jones is kind of, I think we'll see that pick change. We got two weeks, right? Like Mel's going to put another mock out and I would expect that pick will change on the last one. But what the hell are we doing here with Atlanta? Break it down. I mean, I, I think when you put this out, and really laid out what Miami nets through all of these trades, including the, the two that happened and this one, it really speaks to, well, you know, palms to the air a little bit. Never mind the fact that like Atlanta is picking at four. You're going to trade down two spots to draft a quarterback. Wouldn't you just take the quarterback? Wouldn't you just take him at four? Yep. Genuine question. You're gonna 100%. Open, you're gonna open the door for somebody to snipe you and make Cincinnati an offer they can't refuse. Dude, there's just no way. If if, if Trey Lance is Atlanta's guy, there's just no way you pass on him at four. They pass on him at four. Go ahead. Can I can I jump in here? The yeah. alternative to that is Kyle Pitts is their guy. So why would they back out of four to let Miami come up to take Kyle Pitts anyway? Right. No matter how you slice it, it makes zero sense for Atlanta to come out of four for this scenario. For this, the way this exact scenario played out. Right. There are scenarios in which Atlanta moving makes sense. This just doesn't feel like one of the realistic ones that we would see play out on draft night. So Miami traded from three to 12 and back to six. And they're trading from three to 12. They got two future first round picks and a future third round pick. The move from 12 back to six, they gave up one of those future first round picks in 2022. And they flipped a four this year for a five this year with the Philadelphia Eagles to move to six. So now Mel wants 
thinks the Dolphins will give up. He quoted a, a 2022 picks, a two and a three, citing that they had an extra three thanks to the San Francisco deal to move back up to one spot later than what they were originally slated to pick. And at the end of the day, all of these moves in this scenario from Mel Kuyper, Miami has less draft capital this year than they had when they started because they're picking a spot later and they have a five instead of a four. They have less draft capital in 2022 than when they started because they still have a first-round pick. Granted, it's San Francisco's versus their own. They would lose their own second-round pick this year, and they would go back to only having one third-round pick instead of two. And you would have a 2023-1 at your disposal. So you would get worse in two out of the, the two closest drafts to making the trade out of three. You would have less at your disposal. You would have lost outright just on volume and value alone for a first-round pick three years from now when you could have just stayed at three and drafted Kyle Pitts if that's what you were going to do. And it's completely out of line with the thinking and planning that Miami's underwent, right? Like Chris Greer, that's just not why he's orchestrated the moves he's done to this point for the net to be what you just described. Right, to get worse in each of the next two NFL drafts as far as what you have in assets. If you think you can craft a better deal than Mel Kuyper did, Head over to thedraftnetwork.com. Make sure you're signed up for TDM Premium. Chris is doing a walk-off right now. He's just three. <laughs> we love a good segue on this podcast. Head over to thedraftnetwork.com. TDM Premium, you can get on the mock draft simulator and create trades with computer teams. You can receive trade offers from computer teams to wheel and deal your way up and down the board. You can trade future picks. Let's your whistle what Mel did. You can recreate it yourself. I don't know why you would. Don't do it, please. Definitely don't tweet it to me if you do. <laughs> you also get access to 400-plus scouting reports with trait-by-trait breakdowns analysis uh, from a really, really talented group of scouts that we have on staff here. You get access to the TDN Premium Expert Forum, a Slack channel with like a 1,000 fans that talk football all day long. Special projects like Benjamin Solak's contextualized quarterbacking fantasy content. 30 bucks for the year gets you year-round content, which means if you sign up now, you're good through April 14th, 2022. You get almost the entire 2022 cycle in that $30. Great value. TheDraftNetwork.com, TDM Premium. All right, so I'm good with moving to the next few picks. I think the only thing that's noteworthy Otherwise, is the Carolina Panthers at number eight picking Devonta Smith and not going after either an offensive tackle or a cornerback when Rashawn Slater and all the corners are available? Correct. Who else is available at offensive tackle? Slater. I like that in my mock draft. Same. Chris, next eight. The Denver Broncos start us off taking Micah Parsons. We have another trade between the New England Patriots and the Dallas Cowboys. The New England Patriots take Justin Fields. The Giants at 11 take Jalen Waddell. The Eagles at 12 take Patrick Sertain. The Chargers at 13 take Rayshon Slater. The Minnesota Vikings at 14 take Christian Darasaw. And the Minnesota Vikings. And the Dallas Cowboys at 15, the other part of that trade, they take J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. And guys, I think the place that I would like to ask you guys that I'd like to start is with the first pick at number nine, because it's really smart. No, no, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. 
Oh, it's right. It's only seven. Why well, I can't? Oh, oh, oh. Not a sorry. math guy, Chris Stewart. Everybody, sorry. The Arizona Cardinals at pick sixteen take Caleb Farley. I want to go back to pick number nine though, because this Micah Parsons thing is starting to get very loud here with Micah Parsons and Denver. I'm seeing it a lot. Might be happening for a reason. Two. Uh, misinformation season, right? And I think that's the thing you have to remember about Mel more so than anybody because he was the OG, right? He's been doing this longer than anybody. Uh, what a great way to get misinformation out there and throw people off your scent than, than talking to Mel Kuyper about it so he can put it in his latest mock draft yeah. and get everybody all worked up in a tizzy about it, right? So, um, I don't know. I felt pretty good about Micah Parsons as a potential fit with Denver, Joe, and then we got into our scouting meeting and there was a conversation that took place that, oh, well, maybe Micah's oh, in for a little bit of a slide. Yeah. It, toughest player, like in terms of premium players, he's just the toughest guy right now to, to slot. But right. I'll say with this entire collection of, of picks, these eight, I think they're all awesome picks. Like sensible for all of these teams, good value, I just don't have any gripes. I, I think every one of these are a home run, especially if you're the New England Patriots and you come away with Justin Fields. I think all three of us don't want that to happen, but if we can throw away our fan goggles for a second, that's amazing for New England. Talk about a hell of a job resetting the quarterback position. I think we all agree that Fields is one of the you know guys deserving of a top three selection this year. He's one of two guys that you could see feasibly working very well behind Cam Newton. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And assimilating into that style of offense. The other one, obviously, being Trey Lance, because they were both guys that superb athletes for the position. Um, I wish my, Mel would have gave us some terms of this trade. What do you think it costs New England? Because he he didn't define it at all. He just said Patriots come up to 10. From 15 to 10, five yeah. spots. I mean, for that's a quarterback. That's a two and maybe a four, two and a five, something like that. One of those million third round picks they have, you know, like the moment of truth. Do the Patriots have their second round pick in Mel's mock? They do. So he didn't even give him the two this year. Oh no. See, that's confusing. Mel, thanks for the trades, bud, but you got you got to flush these things out. I I like what you did there, Kyle, though. You look for the context clues in the second round of the draft. That was very good. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, this is this is a very sensible stack and group. I, I like the fits of uh, Slater to the Chargers a lot. Yep. Uh, I like the fit of Fields in New England a lot. We've talked about we like the fit of Parsons in Denver, if that's something that uh, is going to materialize. I like J.C. Horn. Um, maybe mm-hmm. ideally you'd get Patrick's retained and the Eagles take him at 12, but like, Horn going to Dallas, I like a lot as well. And, and then Caleb Farley, you know, they had a little bit of a run on corners here. And, and Farley's, as far as a, a skill set perspective, I think a little bit further ahead as far as his ceiling than a guy like Greg Newsom. Um, and he apparently got the thumbs up in Indianapolis or for the combine as far as medical stuff. So, yeah, I think that's it's a great value and, and high upside pick for Arizona too. Yeah, Dallas moving back and still getting a horn is really good for them. You know what's really good? Built Bars. Yes. These things are the best protein bars ever. They have so many amazing flavors. Some of my favorites are the cherry, cookies, and cream. 
Big fan of the lemon almond cheesecake. They're all delicious. They're all covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. It's like eating a candy bar, but it's a protein bar, and it's good for you. Built Bars are great for anyone who is health conscious. Whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in a delicious treat, you have to try Built Bars. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and perfect for anyone who is on the keto diet. We've got a deal for you, and you want to try Built Bars, head on over to the website, BuiltBar.com, and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's see if I can count to eight again here, uh, gentlemen. It was easy when it just went one through one through eight. It was easy to keep right. track. Afterwards, it's it takes a little 24. bit. Thank you. Appreciate you here. The Raiders at 17, Elijah Vera Tucker. The Dolphins at 18, Quiddy Pay. The Washington football team at 19, Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa. Tevin Jenkins to the Bears at 20. Jalen Phillips to the Colts at 21. Elijah Moore to the Titans at 22. Greg Newsom to the New York Jets at 23, and our first running back off the board, Najee Harris, goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers at 24. A lot of these picks make sense, but like, tell me you wouldn't be a little underwhelmed if you're Washington and you walk away with Joke, or if you're Pittsburgh and you walk away with Najee Harris in the first round. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, mostly because they're not necessarily premium positions, and Washington... It just feels like there's better paths they can take with that pick. I love JOK. Like I, I think he's going to be a really good player. And for certain teams, I would love him in the first round. But for Washington, you know, you don't really think linebacker or front seven. I, I toyed with the idea of Parsons for them, which I can get behind. But the opportunity to take a playmaker on offense seems to be like a better path in this scenario for Washington. This is also a really good linebacker class. I don't know if we talk about that, but like the day two linebackers are pretty impressive. Like the Jabril Cox, the Baron Brownings, if Zaven Collins makes it to day two, Nick Bolton's are the, like, there's a little bit of a flavor for no matter what you're looking for on day two, the Pete Werner's of the world. Um, we may or may not see Jamin Davis go in the first round as well from Kentucky, but there's like a laundry list of linebackers that are projecting very favorably to the NFL in various kinds of roles. So for them to go a low value position and nevertheless kind of a guy who's uh, for better or for worse, kind of sub packagey tweener type. And like, I like his tape a lot. He's a top 20 player for me, but for Washington specifically, when they have already have so much town in the front seven, it's like you couldn't have taken Tevin Jenkins and put Tevin Jenkins in there and, and Morgan Moses is getting a little bit older and the left tackle situation remains uh, unsettled to say the least uh, for you there. So you want to try and work around you know, being a quarterback purgatory. Congrats, you won the NFC East. Uh, let's give Ryan Fitzpatrick the best chance to thrive and, and get you guys to make a repeat appearance in the, in, in the postseason, but this time with potentially a winning record. One of the other teams that I want to talk about, at least I want to ask you guys about, is Tennessee at 22 with uh, Elijah Moore. And I, I wonder with all of the needs that that team has defensively, and I know they have a need with wide receiver because they lost Corey Davis and John Smith's gone, right? They, they need pass-catching options. But because of all the needs on defense, is this, is this a good use of their first-round pick? I don't have a problem with the pick. Um, 
And, and I think Elijah Moore is definitely the kind of player that if they're going to try and play the same brand of football, play action passing, shots down the field, I think Elijah Moore can really help. He is a different dynamic than, than what you had there with Corey Davis uh, to complement A.G. Brown. And, of course, there's some chemistry with Brown and Moore because of their time together at Ole Miss. So I don't hate the pick. Do I, do I wish they went defense? Yeah, because they, they're hurting defensively. They lost a lot. Uh, but I don't hate this pick for Tennessee. Oh, and I think it's fair to bring into question not going defense while acknowledging the need at wide receiver, but also acknowledging that this is a very deep year for wide receivers, and they just struck gold on a second-round guy in A.J. Brown. If I was Tennessee, I'd probably be looking to replicate that. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, MLB, and NHL seasons are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, and they have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The last eight picks here for you guys to discuss the Jags at 25, Trayvon Morig, the Browns at 26, Jamin Davis, the Ravens at 27, Terrace Marshall Jr., the Saints at 28, Zayvon Collins, there the, Packers, the Packers at 29, get Aaron Rodgers some wide receiver help, Rashad Bateman, the Bills take Aziz Ojolari, the Chiefs take Jason Owe, and the Bucks round out the first round with Christian Barmore. Lot to unpack here. I like that Mel sees my my love for the idea of Jacksonville going Trayvon Merrick, but Kyle, we had in our scouting meeting today, you know, we talked about Jamin Davis, the linebacker for Kentucky and the chance of him being a late first round pick, the second linebacker off the board, even, you know, certainly a top 50 player. I know he's only like a one year starter for Kentucky, but the size, the athleticism, the coverage profile, the physicality. I mean, this guy has a lot of boxes that he checks. The only issue that I have with this pick has nothing to do with Jamin Davis at all. Uh, it has to do with the Browns, uh, their approach to team building, the players that they've brought in, their safety room, Joe. Grant Delpit, John Johnson, Ronnie Harrison, Sheldrick Redwine. Loaded. Pretty pretty good group, right? Yeah. They also added Anthony Walker in free agency at middle linebacker. If this team plays a bunch of nickel, do they need to use yeah. a first-round pick on a linebacker, especially when you think about Andrew Barry and Paul De Podesta and kind of the analytical approach and positional value? Uh, I get why this is the pick when you look at the depth chart. But for me, thinking about the way Cleveland has the ability to play in sub, that's where it kind of falls flat on his face for me. Well, yeah, and I think I think we can have two different conversations here. One being about Jamin Davis and, and the possibility of him getting picked in this range, which was my emphasis there. But also, you can call, come into question not only what you talked about there in terms of Cleveland really – not necessarily being a logical destination for Davis, especially when you think about some of the needs that they have on the defensive line, even at cornerback for as much as they've done at safety, you know, right now, greedy Williams as that CB two is somewhat 
uh, of a question for me. And maybe even they're in play for a wide receiver with some of the reports coming out that uh, that um, they want to run more 11 personnel. So, you know, they want, may want to beef up what they have at the wide receiver core. So I definitely see what you're saying there. A player that seems redundant for me is the Saints picking Zayvon Collins right after picking Zach Bond and them liking Zach Bond. You know, I, I Collins is not a player that I trust to play Mike Linebacker. So unless they view Bond as that type of guy, which they have Demario Davis, who they love, you know, I don't know that I don't know that I see Collins as the right backer or pick for the Saints. I don't. Uh, but they're one of those teams that Unless you have the board fall right, uh, they can be a little hard to mock for. But oh, ironically gosh, enough, yeah. I think the board did fall well with Aziz Ojolari still there staring him in the face. <laughs> and the Bills say thank you for not picking Correct. him. Correct. So um, I think the two, two Super Bowl teams are, are kind of odd choices as well. You know, and Chiefs taking Jason Owe from Penn State. Uh, the Bucks taking Christian Barmore. There's a lot of whispers that Barmore is going to be gone long before this. Yeah. Too. Like long before 32. So that's one to watch. That's a fun question to ask. I really want to hear your thoughts on Terrace Marshall with Baltimore and him being him the fit there. But if somebody does take that swing on Barmore early, like we're hearing could be possible, what team <laughs> makes sense for that to be the case? Okay, so what do we know about Christian Barmore? He's from Alabama, Washington okay. football team. <laughs> okay. Okay, what else? He's toolsy, uh, some really high-level plays, very inconsistent. Plus athlete for his size. Yeah. He's a, win- he's a winner, so the Raiders. Pittsburgh Raiders. Raiders was the first team I was teasing. Anytime you get a, an odd name that's projected oh, first yeah. round. John Gruden, baby. But, dude. Pedigree. How do you have that offensive line situation and have the, the offensive line options long, Joseph. in this year, in, in, this, in this economy, with these players available and feel like the best thing you can do for your football team is pick Christian Barmore? I guess it's on brand for this Raiders. Nobody has any idea what the vision is here roster construction ideas but goodness gracious i think that would be a pick i'd have a lot of criticism towards are there any other surprise teams forget about like where they are in the order so you can always move around players or teams teams for christian barmore oh okay we're talking barmore yeah <sighs> I don't know, dude. Dallas in a trade back? That's kind of where my head was going. Dude, Especially back to 15. Oh, man. Imagine picking Barmore over Horn at 15. That's going to be a tough sell for me, man. Do you think if Dallas traded back to 15 and then drafted Christian Barmore and Barmore was the guy for the Raiders, they would do the same thing that they did last year and just panic and take the next guy on their list from the next position and take like Levi and (laughs) Wazariki. Yeah, I do think that's within the realm of possibility. (laughs) Because that's that's what happened when this past year. Right. That's how Damon Arnett ends up being the 19th overall pick in the draft. It's because A.J. Terrell got plucked a few (laughs) picks earlier by the Falcons and they panicked. 
Oh boy. Don't draft for need. Just take good players and worry about the needs later. Please. Your thoughts on Marshall to, to Baltimore. Um, I don't know, man. I just, Lamar is so much more confident and effective in the middle of the field. I just don't know if I trust a size guy on the perimeter for him to just cut those loose with consistency and let him win those balls and come back to the line of scrimmage and attack the ball in the air. So I, is he the kind of guy that's really going to help Lamar? Or is is he a player that goes into, I don't want to say a blind spot, but not an area of strength for Lamar? Would I would I rather have Rashad Bateman, who went at 29 to Green Bay? Yes. Guy who ran a ton of in-breaking routes in, in the middle of the field? That's the guy I would rather have if you're going to go with a wide receiver from Baltimore. How happy would Aaron Rodgers be if he got Rashad Bateman at They're 29? They're not going to do it, though. They I know, do. but... For this in this reality that we're living in, Mel Kuyper Jr.'s mock draft, now you know Aaron Rodger, Aaron Rodriguez. I'm mixing them all together. Aaron Rodgers has to be ecstatic. Yeah, uh, Bateman is kind of a different animal than a lot of the guys that they have on the roster. The height, weight, speed guys who went outside and get vertical down the field, and Bateman's more of a traffic guy, so that's exciting, right? Um, I think he, he'd fit in well there as far as a guy who has some physicality to his game, uh, but wins in a little bit of a different way. And what a route technician to pair with Devontae Adams. Yeah. That'd be phenomenal. Shuby has to be beside himself to be getting Zach Wilson, Greg Newsom, and Travis Etienne at 34. It's not going to happen, but yes, I'm over the moon about the way that this, that this played out. Uh, did you just dip into the second round and start tipping mail? Yeah, well, yeah, which we were not supposed to be doing, but that's okay. That well, was, that Joe, was gets four Joe gets one. Joe gets one. four. That's right. Dolphins got Javante Williams at thirty-six. Okay, guys. Did that's, they really? Yeah, okay, that's oh. a couple. Okay, we're at two now. Let's everybody. If you want to see, oh my see, god, that is funny. No, we're oh. done here. We're done <laughs> tipping the picks in the second round. Okay. Uh, the New York Jets. Do they have Seattle second round pick, Chris? No. Do they have an extra second round pick? They do not. No, they have two thirds. Okay. Well, in the third round, they get tomorrow's a great show for TDN. So hit subscribe on the podcast and come back and see us again soon. That's going to do it for us today. We're going to leave you on a cliffhanger. Mel didn't do three rounds. So you're not missing anything, Chris. Don't <laughs> worry. Kyle Krebs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks as always for listening to Drafty's podcast. Cheers to you, Mel for the content today, although I'm still upset with you and I've never met you. But if I do, first thing I'm going to do is ask you why you had the trade from six to four. So looking forward to, to that conversation, Kyle Krabs, Jeremy and Chris Schubert. Thanks for listening.